The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. I'm one of your hosts, Elizabeth Cott. Steph and I are going to be joined by our guest today, Poppy Jamie, in just a second. But before we get into it, I need to talk to you about one of my favorite topics, skin and shout out a brand that I have been using consistently over the past few months. I've talked about it on the show. We are so thrilled to be welcoming Glow Recipe and supporting That's So Retrograde. And honestly, if you are into skincare and the beauty world and paying attention at all, I'm sure you've seen this brand. So Glow Recipe is a clean fruit forward, Korean beauty inspired skincare brand. Their vegan and cruelty free formulas pair antioxidant rich extracts with clinically proven actives for glowing skin. And I have to tell you, there are two products from their range that I use almost every day. Their watermelon glow PHA and BHA pore tight toner and the watermelon glow niacinamide dewdrops. So this toner I use at night after I wash my face and you don't even need a cotton swab with it. You can literally just, I put a few drops in my hands and I press it over my skin and it looks so good. And I wake up with just such a clear complexion. And then the watermelon glow niacinamide dew drops. I really, really love this product. I think the biggest thing for me is I was really looking for something that I could use during the day that would also be active. This product is that. It gives such a beautiful glow. I use it a few different ways. If I'm not wearing any makeup during the day and I'm staying inside, I'll just put this product on after I wash my face. I'll put it on after SPF. I just love how versatile this product is, how non-irritating it is. So I'm happy to say that I am very obsessed with them. So you'll get 15% off Glow Recipe when you use our code GLOWRETRO at GLOWRECIPE.com. That is code GLOWRETRO for 15% off at GLOWRECIPE.com. And that excludes any kits on the site. Love them so much. Now we are so excited to start today's show. Let's kick it off with Poppy Jamie. Let some things be retrograde. All right, yes. Today we have a return guest. We're so excited. We have our friend Poppy Jamie coming back to That's So Retrograde. And this time, it's because she wrote a book. Hell yeah, round of applause. <laughs> really, really big task. It's, um. hold on, it's... It's almost 300 pages. So, I mean, even if it was just a picture book of 300 pages, I'd be so impressed, let alone all the research and energy that you put into this. Congratulations, friend. It's awesome. It's called Happy Not Perfect. Upgrade your mind, challenge your thoughts, and free yourself from anxiety. Yes. Poppy, welcome. Guys, thank you so much for having me back. You two are honestly my favorite hosts. 
and I listen to this show religiously. So it's an honor to be back. You're so well, thank sweet. you so much. That's so kind of you. Um, last time you were on the show, we talked about your app, Happy Not Perfect, which has since won awards. It's and we've gotten so much feedback from listeners. I've heard that they found the app through the show that they're dedicated users. It's just such a helpful tool. And now your book is of the same name, Mazel Tov. <laughs> yeah, it's, I kind of was debating about what to call the book. And I guess I stumbled upon, well, I didn't really stumble upon it. I just came back to the fact that every time I try to understand something in greater depth, I just realized that actually, it's all about kind of acceptance of being an imperfect human. And, mm -hmm. you know, the further I got into mental health and the further I learned and I researched over the past six years, I also just came to terms with the fact that we're never going to have perfect mental health. So actually this, these words, happy, not perfect, even had a new meaning for me. First of all, it was about like not chasing perfection. And then it was accepting that sometimes I think, you know, on people's spiritual path, especially on my, on my spiritual path, or on my kind of mental wellness path, I still had this like belief that I could solve it. I would suddenly be whole after that extraordinary meditation, or I would be, you know, feeling just always great after I've done all that mental health work. And actually then some massive fork in the road happens, life throws you a real shit sandwich challenge and you're like what I've got to go back to therapy that's so annoying I thought I was done with this and then you realize that that is I guess like the beauty of our mental health and being human is that we are just always works in progress and actually for me accepting that that I'll never have perfect mental health but the beauty of it was learning about it and constantly working on it was was really where freedom happened I was like oh okay I'll always be work in progress and that's fine I love that. You do really do an amazing job in the book of finding the balance between like the per the personal and funny anecdotes of your own life and then pairing them with the takeaways and tools that you've done in the research. And so like your this isn't just your average like tool book. It really has like a relatable character inside of it to take you through and make you realize that even if you're falling, it's you can laugh at yourself like you're having fun this whole time. And I think that's really cool. That's what makes it different than a regular tool book. That's so kind of you to say and so kind to, yeah, so kind to like comment on. It was a weird decision because I started my career interviewing people and it was really formal broadcast television interviewing. And I got told by my first boss, no one cares about you. No one cares about your point of view. So it's not about you. It's always about mm. the other person. So when it came to write this book, I really struggled putting myself in it because I was like, why on earth would anybody want to hear my stories? I just want to give people the research. I just want to give them the tools that are going to help them. And I remember kind of my mom and my editor being like, yes, but this stuff can almost, I think sometimes we can get so overwhelmed by the tools if we, if we don't bring our, our own experience into it. Um, yeah. sometimes it can end up reading like a science book. So it was really the first time I kind of opened up in depth uh, about my own struggles and what tools actually worked because, you know, I, I didn't train clinically and I came to this as a consumer 
Like when I was in my first breathwork class, I remember lying there going, oh my God, oh my God, how does how do more people have experienced this? Because I I feel a totally different human being. And this is 2009 LA, you know, when, when breathwork was just becoming something that was still on the fringe of of LA maybe that one in Venice or that you know that studio that opened up and and obviously now the world has changed so much and these tools are so much more accessible thanks to so many people but to your point about why I brought my own experiences in I just wanted to make sure everyone realized that I haven't written about anything that hasn't truly changed my life because otherwise why on earth am I writing a book and I also really challenged myself like why are you writing a book now don't you want to wait 20 years and like come with this book full of this glory wisdom at the age of you know kind of 60 and I suddenly thought no because I'm gonna forget are you 40 we're doing it well you know like you know (laughs) but you know you thought I'm gonna forget what it was like to go through these crazy 2030s like those yeah. are really unique experiences that often, you know, when you're 60, you're like managing a whole different set of struggles. And so that's why I wanted to write the book now to be like, I'm a work in progress. I'm not coming to you going here. I, I sorted life. I solved it. Here's my solution. This is this is how I get through life every single day, being a very imperfect millennial like person who identifies as a woman. I, I want to say a uh, comment on something that you wrote in the book. And I think this is really interesting. You talk about the story of your early life of wanting to be on TV, wanting to be a TV host, and then like kind of faking it till you make it through your university years. And then like, you know, you made it through faking it. And then like, but then you hit that wall, which circles back to the original point is like, when does faking it till you make it stop becoming okay? And then what do you do? Because you faked it, you made it. And then you're like, fuck, I've been faking it. I'm a disaster. And so walking that line, I think, is really interesting. And, you know, you're not like saying you shouldn't do that because you were like entrepreneurial at a young age. And that's cool. This is the thing. Everything is nuanced, right? Because, you know, faking it till you make it, there is a power in that. There is a power in you know, when I look to, to my younger self, I was setting up, setting up companies when I was 12 and um, <laughs> literally set up a fake TV company to get my first TV job because it was the only way I was going to be able to meet people in the TV industry because my parents knew no one. I grew up with so much financial insecurity. We never knew like what was going to happen if we were going to like, you know, have to kind of leave our house, never, you know, never go to the sweet shop again. It was kind of that child like mind if anyone relates to having kind of an unstable financial unstable childhood it's a really strange like unsettling feeling throughout your throughout your childhood where you create your own safety mechanisms like okay but it's fine because to my older brother Thomas you're gonna start cleaning cars you're 13 but you're really good at it and Edward you can leave school it's fine (laughs) you know you're nine but you can leave school it's fine (laughs) and um And so you kind of, I think we learn to, we learn from a young age to create these survival strategies because of our childhood. And so later on, it was, you know, faking it to making it, make it is another word for how are you going to survive and survive in a way that you want to. And I always wanted to be a TV presenter and there was no way in hell I was going to be unless I didn't create this fake TV show to try and interview (laughs) TV producers to try to like send them my CV. 
um, or resume. Yeah. Um, in, in, in I've been in England because of the pandemic for too long and using British words. Um, <laughs> but it makes us sound cultured, so <laughs> keep doing it. And so, but, you know, but the problem is when we don't ever pause to reassess where our hard work has potentially got us, we still live life with our kind of 12-year-old belief systems. And so I had faked it so hard. I'd moved to LA. I met a random woman on a train who gave me my first job at MTV. It was serendipity. When people talk about LA, this place where, you know, kind of dreams happen, you don't really know how. It kind of did. I met a random woman on a train who gave me my first kind of break, I guess. Um, And then I went, I'm just stuck on the fact that you were on a train in Los Angeles. Oh, no. What? Even, even more random. I was on a train in England and I met a woman oh, from okay. Los Angeles. <laughs> wow. And I said, oh, I'm going there next week for my first trip. And she said, oh, well, here's my email address. Um, we should meet up. And, um, and then from that, I then, you know, moved to LA and was massively hustling. Again, had no money. But suddenly when I then, like, I guess got my like major break, which was launching this first TV show on Snapchat that was which being watched by millions and millions at the time because it was the first ever kind of long form piece of content on this app that was exploding. I, in a way, my insecurities flared up. That was when suddenly I was like, oh my God, my mental health is so bad. At the first, what others would probably assume was the first taste of any sort of like like vague success and then I was like I was a total car crash because suddenly that's when the imposter syndrome comes out and you're like oh my god I shouldn't be here oh my god I faked it so hard that I'm now in a situation that I feel deeply trapped deeply insecure and my ego and in the book I call my bitchy and a critic she was on fire finding I mean annihilating me every single day because she would search for the smallest bit of evidence in my day to use it as confirmation that yes I really wasn't good enough and actually I should be going home right now to the English countryside and be cleaning cars because what on earth am I doing here and like dealing with that level of like inner critic obviously is then a precursor to severe anxiety and suddenly you're like oh god fake it to your make it that's a terrible way to live life but it's not because it 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 has its purpose but but when we don't add in the mental health training the mental health work like a, a, a spiritual connection if that works if we don't add in the nurture I think it can drive us into complete destruction and it did for me Hi, guys. It's me, Steph, here to talk about some of the people that make this show possible again. Base is an at-home lab testing kit, and it lets you test your stress, your energy levels, your sex drive, diet, and sleep. They measure your hormones and your vitamin levels. There's nothing I like more than having the tools to become the investigator of your own health. It's an additional tool to make you the explorer of what's going on in your own body. I didn't even know I was doing this, but I ended up getting the one that tested my cholesterol and I do have high cholesterol in my family and my cholesterol was a little high and that's not something that I normally look to as far as like my overall health is concerned because I'm just trying to get through the day. Base is awesome. We did an episode with Lola Priego. Here's the deal. If you wanna do a base kit, you just have to go to get-base.com. 
base is, like I said, sending an easy lab kit to your home. You're taking the test and then you're shipping it back to them. Then you receive the results right on your phone through the base app, especially if you have a problem that like isn't being solved. Sometimes you're just not being tested for the right thing. In my case, that's what happened with the B12 deficiencies. Get-base.com forward slash retrograde. You should know that a base membership starts at $59.99 a month. But if you use code retrograde, you will get 20% off your first month of membership. Get-base.com forward slash retrograde. You'll get 20% off. I think it's cool. It's interesting. All right. We're moving this show on over to Huzzah. Thank you to Huzzah. I'm truly such a big fan. I love the moment that we're in with sparkling beverages and like kombuchas and teas and probiotics. It's like everything is delicious and healthy and I'm here for it. And Huzzah is no exception to that reality. If you guys don't know or you haven't seen it, Huzzah, they said it themselves, is a tasty and exhilarating beverage. Wow, guys, so true. It's just like kombucha and black tea and like it's sparkling. And they have three delicious flavors, raspberry lemon, strawberry hibiscus, juicy pear. I'm kind of partial to the strawberry and hibiscus. I love anything strawberry flavored. And hibiscus is a flavor that I've discovered later in life that I'm a giant fan of. Huzzah is where it's at. Guys, you probably have seen it in stores, but I highly recommend getting it sent directly to your home and having it in your refrigerator to serve to yourself or a guest at a moment's notice. All right. So if you're vibing on having some huzzah at the ready, go over to drinkhuzzah.com. That's drink, H-U-Z-Z-A-H.com and use code retrograde for 20% off. Try one of all three flavors, you know, choose your own adventure after that, but go in, go big, drinkhuzzah.com promo code retrograde for 20% off. So over the past year and a half or so, I became obsessed with the health of my hair. I wasn't going anywhere. So I was like, let's see what can happen. So I minimized heat styling majorly. And I started taking our partner today, Nutrafol, which supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, which is stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. Nutrafol is physician formulated to be 100% drug free. They use medical grade botanicals in consistently effective doses. So you get the most reliable results. My hair has not ever been healthier. It has length for the first time. I really appreciate it. And no matter what the stage in life we're in, Nutrafol has a solution. So Nutrafol women is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, and environmental toxins, which is the one I take. And women's balance is formulated with additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. And Nutrafol's powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance. This is the thing I love about it. You may also notice improvements in your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, better skin, nails, and libido definitely notice my nails have been able to grow long for the first time uh, in my life. So that's so exciting as well. So guys, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support that so retrograde by going to Nutrafol.com and entering our code retrograde to save 
$15 off your first month subscription. This is the best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. I want to mention that it takes anywhere from three to six months to start seeing results. Definitely six months in, it's like a wow factor experience. So you'll get free shipping on every order and get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code retrograde. You mentioned the duck syndrome. Can you go into that and some tools for dealing with that? Because that is so apropos to this moment of like, oh, that train's ramping up again that we all got off. Do we want to get on that train? I don't know. A hundred percent. And I would say, and like, you know, I caveat this by saying I don't want to be too gendered in the way that I talk, but, you know, as women, like there is so much pressure to go along with duck syndrome. This idea that, you know, we glide along the water with our hair in place, our makeup in place, and everything's okay. Everything, we've got everything under control, but yet like, underneath the water we are paddling like for dear life to stay keep up stay up and keep going and I think the pandemic certainly for me was the first time in my entire life where my 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 feet were able to stop pedaling and I suddenly was like oh wow this is what life feels like to stop pedaling as hard as I was and it's totally exhausting. And I think that I accepted a lot of the exhaustion as just life, or I would, you know, be able to dress it up as, oh, but this is me being ambitious or dress it up as, oh, but it's important to work hard because that's what I've been taught to do. And, you know, really like you know, we're just stealing tomorrow's energy and my health, what I've noticed since I haven't been pedaling so hard is suddenly I've had a total health transformation. I realized that I don't have to plunge myself with magnesium to have a digestion system, a digestive system. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> you know, it's, it's suddenly like the, the extremeness and the intensity that I felt I had to do life I've like been able to challenge that and question that and the method in the book really really helped really helped me to do that duck syndrome is something we all fall into and social media has also got a part to play in that and you know I can't be neutral and say yeah technology is you know that's neutral it's how we use it anyway anywhere we look online promotes the image of complete perfection and even if rationally we can sit here when we're relaxed and go yes we know we're being sold an unattainable life and unattainable images and even the body positivity movement it's incredible but they're still perfect curves and so I would love (laughs) to look like you know those curvaceous girls like I would dream to look like them they're so sexy but again it's just more perfection but more perfection in a different form And so that's something I've been really exploring is like, you know, no matter what, you know, people are trying to tell us isn't perfection. It just is perfection, but in a different way. And it's amazing. We're having more varieties of perfection to look up to, but it is still perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is really bringing up for me this question of, you know, we need mental health tools so badly because of all of the elements of the society that separate us from what you describe in the book is which is going within to find your happiness. And like, it just raising the question, like, would we need so many tools if that wasn't the status quo? And how do you walk through life letting some of it in? And then like, what do you decide not to look at? You know, like, how do you protect yourself so that you don't need to do every single exercise 
in every book in the world. Because at some point it's like, that's just too much. You have to protect yourself. So true. So, so true. And that's why in the book I talk about flexible thinking. Because flexible thinking is this idea that it's really what Shakespeare said. There's nothing good or bad. Thinking makes it so. So this Mm -hmm. idea that actually how do we live life that no one's right and no one's wrong? Like, because no one is right or no, no one is wrong or no one's right. Everyone has an opinion and it may be different from us, but we will have blind spots. And I think we often forget, like when we're driving, we've got to look left or look right twice because we know we have a blind spot and we have a blind spot psychologically too. And I Mm -hmm. think we wouldn't have so much conflict and polarity if we all realize that what anybody says, it's interesting whatever works for the person. And also everybody's a product of what they've gone through. And so flexible thinking at the heart of it is thinking compassionately. What are some of your tools for in that present moment, clicking into that flexible thinking mode? So the flexible um, thinking method is based on the flex and the flex is made up of four steps, connection, curiosity, choice, and commitment. And so connection number one step. It's about, for me anyway, what I realized is I was never able to think my way out of a problem. I've got to move my way. Often when I was really, really stressed, I'd be trying to use all my CBT tools. I'd be trying to like remember all like the amazing wisdom and all the, and my brain was an anxious mess. Like when we're, when we're, when we're anxious, we are rational. It's, we say and do things that make no sense, but also that's totally normal because the rational part of our brain is switched off. And so that's why before I even, I talk a lot about um, in the book about thought work and thought health. Because I think we understand physical health, we understand mental health a bit more now, but this idea of thought health, you know, the quality of our thoughts changes our health so dramatically, but thought health takes energy. And so when we are lost in our emotions, trying to distract ourselves from them or numbing or being so in them that we are feeling just overwhelming anxiety and stress, that is when our body and our mind is so disconnected. And so the first step is is really based in acceptance commitment therapy and using the sentence, today, my mind is experiencing, let's say anxiety. Today, my mind is experiencing anxiety. And that sentence reminds me that emotions are always temporary. I say today, my mind, I am not my emotion. And then I'm experiencing, I am not the emotion. And then labeling the emotion, which then starts to activate that rational side of the brain. So suddenly in one sentence, you are reminding yourself of all this amazingness. And it helps you to calm that emotional center and puts you back into your wisdom, reconnects the body. And then in the connection step, I talk about moving the body. So that's a five minute dance. It's 20 minute walk. It's that, it's understanding that re, that kind of reflex to go, I'm feeling anxious, let's move my body. Because back in caveman times, when we felt uncomfortable emotions, emotions were just a sign that something potentially was wrong or it was a it was a message for us to do something we've kind of lost lost the art of doing when we feel because we're stuck at a computer or we're doing something sedentary but when you get into the habit of moving your body in the moment that you feel a bit 
like, you know, those uncomfortable emotions, it helps you immediately diffuse them because you're moving that energy around. And um, in the book, I talk about uh, Dr. Hawkins model scale of consciousness. And he did research around how your emotions, every emotion has a different energetic frequency. So this idea that when we're stuck in blame, shame, anxiety, and guilt, our frequency is really low. So if we want to change how we feel, there's positive thinking doesn't really work because our, again, like we're stuck in a lower vibration. So to think your way into positive thoughts, in, in for me, virtually impossible. But when I'm able to move my body and physically change my vibration, suddenly I'm like, okay, I can, I can reach acceptance. I can totally accept how I feel. And once I've accepted how I feel, then I might have a chance to move up into, into kind of higher vibrational states. Um, so that's kind of step one. And then we move into, finally, we've actually got some physical energy to help us with this thought work, moving into curiosity to ask our to ask the question is this true is this true is this true i should be doing this is this true i need to be going um through life at this pace is it true i need to say yes because suddenly we've moved out of the pandemic and i'm being asked to do all these things is this true i need to who would you be without this thought like inspired by byron katie <sighs> who would i be without this thought I would be back in my center. I'd be in my energy again, and I'd be here in my purpose. How does this thought make me feel? Like closed off, a bit anxious, a bit stressed. And it's incredible because the third step is choice. I have a choice. Am I, and I'm, am I going to be kind to myself? We may not have the choice to be happy because life can be tough, but we always have the choice to be kind to ourselves. And we always have the choice to be kind to others. And we always have the choice to ask, our ask ourselves questions like, how would I advise a friend experiencing what I am now? And I'm sure everyone's had that question before, but when you hear the neuroscience, that a question like that allows us to tap into the prefrontal cortex, the wise part of our brain, the emotional part turns off because it's not about us. We're asking what a friend would do. We suddenly are able to get access our pools of wisdom because I'm not sure about you, but I'm really good mm. at advising other people, but usually quite terrible at advising myself. So I have to ask questions like, mm -hmm. what would I tell a friend experiencing what I am now? And then lastly, commitment, commitment to action. Because in this step, I really did as a response to, I guess, the, the parts of the secret and this manifesting work that I really don't like get on with anymore. Because this idea that we can think our way into another existence, but really everything is in the commitment to action, action aligned with our future values, you know, action aligned with us finding the gifts in the challenges that, that, that lives bring and, and action to, you know, to find our freedom because this work is, you know, it's, it's not easy all the time, but it's our commitment to it that, that really gives us this incredible self-acceptance and self-trust that we can handle anything that comes our way. It's kind of funny how we are programmed to work so hard in the direction of our career, but then when it comes to doing the work like you're describing of doing the gymnastics of our mental experience, we don't want to do it. You know, I think like we we are still coming off of that culture of like the quick fix, like I just want it to be better now and it's like wait, you've worked your entire life for something. You clearly have the capacity to work hard. Why now are you not willing to work hard when it's you? 
so it it's it's so crazy and I think it just comes down to the fact that none of us I don't think were ever taught to care about ourselves enough yeah and we were taught that external achievements was where our self-worth was going to lie and that was the thing mm-hmm. that I chased after I generally believed the accolades was going to make me feel good and I generally believed the accolades would change how I felt about myself and the idea that you know my self-acceptance really laid in you know, in other people accepting me. Sometimes it's a hard realization to know that the thing what makes us feel so good, that feeling of inner trust can only be built from the inside. When I first kind of realized that, I was like, damn it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't just work really hard and get this. And in a way, it's the opposite. I think we have to kind of work less and, and have more acceptance. It's that less approach that helped me get closer to it. Yeah. I'm curious if you have any current self-care non-negotiables to help you stay in tune with all of these teachings. My self-care non-negotiables, to be honest, has really come down to the flex and flexible thinking. Because if my mind isn't stretching, then I am stuck in what I call stiff land. And that's when I'm jumping to conclusions, I'm jumping to assumptions, and I'm letting my subconscious inner critic run my show. And so to me, staying curious and staying compassionate is the thing I return to every single day. And, and, and what helps me do that is having the physical energy to do that. Like if I haven't had a good night's sleep, I know my inner critic is going to be fueled for days. And if I haven't eaten food that makes me feel good inside, I also know that my inner critic is going to be on a wild one and having a rave in my brain. And, you know, if I haven't moved my body and just moved my energy around, then I also know that, again, I'm feeding that wolf of fear. And and so I think it's, I think what self, self-care for me has come down to is, am I feeding my baseline needs? Because I, that's my root energy that then helps me to manage my ego, my inner critic, um, and brings me back to equilibrium. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a daily practice because, you know, mental health, which is obviously what I really focus on, you know, as I said, from the beginning, we, we can't cure mental health. So for me, this is, so important because I know the consequences of when I don't do this stuff. I'm curious if you use um, this concept of flexible thinking when it comes to the state of things in the world. Like it's really difficult to find the middle in this reality right now. And I love the idea of sticking with curiosity and compassion as a way to hear and see other people without needing to label or judge or decide or divide more. To me, the mental health journey right now is really about parsing through the noise of everyone needing one thing to be one way or the other. Yes. And I, that's just like fucking me up so hard because I don't feel like that at all. I feel so in the middle. I feel like I see right and wrong in all aspects of everything and trying to 
pull it in with, with it. Like the words curiosity and compassion are resonating so much for me because I feel like we can all really learn from that in order to be not only mentally well for ourselves, but for the collective and for the society. Like what really is the goal here? Like is the goal to be like, oh, I saw that. So I'm right. Booyah. Or I saw that. So I'm right. Like told you so. Chuck, check, check. Yup. Yup. And it's like, no, like that's not serving anyone. We need to be able to embody what you're saying on a larger scale. Completely. Like there is <laughs> nothing, this idea that this right and wrongness, this yeah. polarizing approach to life isn't helping anyone. And I think that it's holding us back politically. It's holding our mental health back. It's it's causing us to be in echo chambers. And um, there was a study done on groupthink. Yeah. If you bring five people together who all believe the same thing, you put them in the same room, they become more extreme. Totally. And and then we 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 miss seeing the beauty of another people's another person's opinion. Mm-hmm. I have now made a conscious effort to ensure that I'm socializing with people that really, really believe different things to me, because that is the only way I'm going to learn, you know, in some areas like, you know, when someone's been abused, obviously, you know, we can say that was, that was not good. You know, you know, I don't, what I'm saying to be taken out of context, but in, in, in general life, I think it's breaking up relationships because we are losing the ability to hold two truths. Yeah no matter what someone believes mm-hmm. underneath their belief system, there is a person that wants the exact same things as we do. Totally. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted and we all want to be enough. So whatever our exterior exterior is saying, for whatever reason, our interiors are all the same. And I think sometimes we lose the humanity in each other because our brain has shut down because we've met a thought that is different to ours. And again, there was more research about this. When someone has a different view from you, your brain actually kind of shuts down a little bit because it kind of responds to it as, as if it's like an invader. So it's like kind of like a castle, your brain shuts down. So, so actually we're biologically wired, I think, to be stiff. And that's mm-hmm. why being flexible is has to be a conscious thought, because when you're in an argument with someone, you, you know, both people get quite, even if, you know, you're, you try not to, everybody gets a bit stiff, your shoulders start to kind of tense up. And when we take a breath, and we reconnect to the body, and we go through connection, and we really, and then we go through curiosity, step two, and we realize that when we when we react, when we jump to a conclusion, when we try to box people into, you know, certain categories just because of what they think, we lose our ability to learn, we lose our ability to progress, we lose our ability to create a relationship, and 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 we all become so stuck in stiff land. So then when we move into compassion and say, hmm, interesting, tell me more. And this is something I'm really learning. When I meet someone who has an opposing viewpoint, I really try to say, hmm, tell me more about that. Rather than immediately trying to give my opinion, it's, well, actually, can you tell me more about your opinion? And suddenly it opens, you know, a conversation. The other person's now not on guard. They've now softened because they realize they're not going to be attacked. We create a psychologically safe environment for two people. 
And then we can explore our, you know, values. Maybe they're different value systems, but we have a chance to tap into our wise brain. We have a chance to look at the world using our full brain, the wise part, and the emotional part. I think when we're stuck in right and wrong and, and, and conclusions and assumptions, we are often leading just with our over, over, overactive emotional center. So glad you said values because that's what I think about so much. Like, okay, so our society collectively, globally went like to a screeching halt. And then everything that we agreed was our value had to get reassembled because we couldn't operate in that way anymore, right? Like, for example, your value is the hustle. And then all of a sudden you can't hustle anymore. So what the fuck is your value? And so re-imagining and reassembling your own value is a state of rebuilding for yourself. And I think as we all do that, we're coming to terms with different values. And I wonder kind of in the work that you're doing with mental health, where values like play into it, because I feel like once you can get in line with your own value system, you can move much more freely and clearly through whatever you're trying to navigate in the world, because it's easy to to say yes or no to things if they do or do not align with your values, which isn't the same as someone being right or wrong. It's the same of, I just don't value that as much. Or so where do you check that as far as like the mental health checklist is concerned? So in the book, I put a lot of exercises around finding out what your values are, because also your values change. Totally. And that's another thing, like, you know, what my value was in my early 20s is a very different value now. And also when I when our values change, I think they give you these life moments of of uncertainty because you suddenly, for, for example, for me, you know, I'm, you know, like in my early 30s and I'm suddenly going, oh, my God, I've never valued a relationship. Mm. I was career woman. I I was basically single for 10 years because for me, it was so important to find stability because of my upbringing in my career that this idea of valuing a relationship was so far down the pile that, you know, I, I you know, believed I was unattractive. That wasn't for me. That was for other people. No, I am, I am career girl. And then suddenly I'm like, oh no, I, oh, I really value family. And I really value connection. And I feel like, what have I done with my life? And no, I haven't done anything wrong. I just have, I'm just changing values Mm -hmm. from like, and probably because I have hormones galore and, um, you know, and I'm a biological, like chemical experiment, um, where a clock is, you know, for me anyway, going like bang, bang, bang. And again, I have to really explore that. I've got to be curious being like, is this my biological clock? Is my, is this my hormones or is this society? making me want to change my value system. And, um, and that's why in the book, there is these chapters after you learn the flex method and you do all the exercises, there's flex, the past flex culture, flex confidence, flex, the future. And this idea of like, how do we use these tools of connection, curiosity, choice, and commitment in all aspects of our life? For example, you know, we, we spoke a little bit about culture and I'm not sure, are you familiar with David Foster Wallace? I mean, I know who he is, but I don't know like any of his work that well. So he gave this incredible commencement speech. And one of the stories he talks about is how these two fishers are swimming in the sea and they meet this big fish. And and the big fish goes, hi guys, how's the water? And these two little fishers look at each other and they go, what's water? (laughs) He says, water is the culture that we are all in 
and yet so like so much of the time we forget we're in it and so to try and separate yourself from the culture you're in was a really healthy thing for me to do Mm -hmm. like what is the culture around me kind of infiltrating through osmosis telling me about myself and how I should think and actually is this right for me and my value system and right for me and my soul I love that that's beautiful yeah parsing through the culture versus you with with regards to mental health is like the biggest thing especially when we have fucking mainlining culture through social media every single second right it's it it's it's coming back home to our to to being able to self accept who you know wherever we are and also for me know that everything is unfolding perfectly mm-hmm. we are the perfect wonderful like even though we will never have perfect mental health and you know the world around us will never be perfect we are our path is perfect everything is unfolding in the you know in divine timing and um and the quote I return to often and like every single day is what meant what is meant for me will will not pass me by Mm -hmm. so when the world is telling us to speed up and and you know um and we are you know we're, we're trying to work out where culture's values are, where our values are, like what our conditioning has told us in our past. Just know that we can stay flexible and return to having total self-trust mm. in our own in- innate wisdom and also the innate wisdom that that is guiding us. Oh, yes, Poppy. Dropping some truths. I was like, oh, I want to be taking notes, but I'm like, we're recording this. I can... <laughs> I can listen again. <laughs> it's all good. We'll have notes for our listeners. This was so wonderful, Poppy. Tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me just at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. And the book, Happy Not Perfect, is anywhere where you buy your books. And um, I really hope you enjoy it and would love to hear any of your stories that relate to the book because I always love to hear that. Of course. Congratulations on a book. Congratulations on doing something during this time. It's amazing. And um, we hope to see you in California sometime soon. I can't wait to see you both. Honestly, as I said, you guys are both glowing through the screens and I wish (laughs) this was, I wish this was in person. Um, But thank you so much. And as I said, thank you so much for your podcast. It is such a weekly listen for me. I absolutely love it. Sunday bath time with that say retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, that's how I-